Hey guys, welcome back to Storytime Podcast. I am your host, Haley Lira, and today I want to tell you about the murder of a plumber named John. And this is just a senseless murder. I chose this because John reminds me a lot of my husband. He sounded like a great guy. And I wanted listeners to hear like how unfortunate it is that this happened to him. I think drug addiction played a major role in why he was murdered. And I also cannot imagine being John's girlfriend during this home evasion. So scary. Okay, so a 911 call comes in. This is in Riverside, Ohio, 1030 p.m. Easter Sunday. Nicole Price and John Grocheck are at home having a quiet evening when somebody knocks on the door. John actually happened to be in the restroom and Nicole was in the kitchen and she goes and she answers the door and a man is at the door with a gun. And he actually has another gentleman behind him. I say gentleman. He's got another asshole behind him. And they say, let me in. And they come in, and she immediately runs to the kitchen screaming. John comes running out of the bathroom to tackle them to protect her. She calls 911 on her cell phone, and while doing that, when John came running out of the hallway, he wrestles with the gunman, and the gun goes off two times. Then John actually gets up and chases the man outside. The man did get away, and then John collapsed over, and it wasn't until then that Nicole realized John had actually been shot two times. He was shot in his thigh, and he was shot in his chest. The shot to his chest wounded his heart in two places. He was transported to the hospital with his condition unknown. So... It's so weird that they really didn't seem to want anything from John and Nicole other than a confrontation. Why? Like, who's John? Why'd they confront him? What's going on? John was born in 1969. I'm sorry, 1967. And he grew up in Fremont, Ohio. He is the youngest of five sisters and one brother. Wow. So he's the youngest of seven kids. He's the baby of a big family. He's described to be really funny, boisterous personality, loved the outdoors, and overall great guy. At 23, he started a plumbing business and he was an excellent plumber. And I love that. I'm married to a plumber and my husband's an excellent plumber. So John got married to a woman named Sylvia and they actually had three kids together. She was a stay-at-home mom But she did help John run his business. They were married 13 years, and their daughter actually says that they remained really good friends after their divorce. It was pretty amicable. And then later, John met 23-year-old Jamie. He met her in 2004. She was a single mother of three, and apparently John saved them from whatever mess Jamie was in. So Jamie had been a really troubled kid. Um, her family likes to use the coin term rebellious, but this was beyond rebellious. Like she dropped out of school in the eighth grade, just refused to go back to school. And you must be a really shitty eighth grader if you can refuse to go back to school and actually drop out. So I cannot really imagine some of her decision-making skills later on, but she did have all different, um, baby daddies. So she clearly had to you know, several relationship problems. A lot of people have them, but none of them were really good, solid men either. So John and so John and Jamie had a real whirlwind romance, 
And they married really quickly. Like they didn't even really plan or talk about their marriage. They just impulsively got married. Everything was great. Life was good um, for about five years. They had two kids together, which really, really shocked me. I mean, um, I I was shocked because he had already had several children and he was a little bit older than her. So I don't know. But things did not work out. Um, John was the only one bringing in any income and Jamie was just too immature. So in 2011, they separated. And then in the spring of 2012, John actually filed for a divorce, which that surprised me too. Um... I don't know. I guess I just kind of figured he'd separate from her, but then wait for her to mature or something. I don't know. So, okay. That is when though John met Nicole and Nicole was 39. So much closer to his age. She was independent. She was super cute. And they actually met when John winked at her at a bar. Um, I guess this kind of led to a conversation and things took off from there. After that night, they saw each other every day. Okay. Ooh. So then they moved in together and that was it. That was their happily ever after. Now they did meet very shortly after his separation from Jamie, which probably stung. Jamie sounds like maybe she was unstable, but I mean, five years and two kids, uh, I'd feel a little stung too. The ambush and shooting though at John's home happened at 1030. And Nicole and John were having a quiet evening at home when someone knocked on the door. John was in the bathroom. Nicole answered. The man had the gun in her face. He told her inside. Okay, so she goes inside and then screams. I already said this, runs to the family room and then into the kitchen. There were two white men. Now, the taller, aggressive one had the gun and he had a buzzed haircut with facial hair. And the shorter one had darker hair. Now, John hears this and runs out and wrestles a man. Nicole Knight calls 911. Remember, two shots are fired. And John yelled something like, there they go, when he ran after the men. Now, Nicole sees the men running out of her kitchen window. And so she goes out chasing after John. John collapsed. And at this point, Nicole gets next to John to check on him. She didn't know that he'd been shot. So they did not see where these men went, I don't think. Now, inside the home, police could tell there was clearly a struggle. Things were knocked over. Things were broken. They found, they found that they were likely looking for a revolver based on the gunshots. Um, now, gunshots were a really unusual noise for people in the area. And people actually, other people saw the men running into a getaway car. And they got a description of the car and the people driving in it. So a bolo was out for this vehicle. It was a pretty vague description of the car, but they did say that they saw a car leaving the area that was rolling through a stop sign and they pulled them over. And the two men actually were so close to matching the description of the men who ambushed the house that the police said, you know what, we're just going to drive them on back to Amber or to Nicole's house. So the police thought, you know, we're just going to drive them back to Nicole and see if she can ID them. They did flash their flashlights in the men's faces so they couldn't see Nicole. But I mean, they had literally invaded her home. So how safe was she anyway at this point? So she could not hide from them, but she, you know, they shined their flashlight. They did their best. And she was positive that these were the two men. But the weird thing about this case, and it's not that crazy, but it's just the way things fall together sometimes. 
not only could she um, identify them, she actually could identify the driver of the car too. It was a woman driving them too. And it's not because she saw the woman during her home invasion, but it was because she knew who the woman was. Yeah. The woman was John's ex-wife, Jamie. Unfortunately, though, John did not survive the shooting. And um, all three of the identified suspects were taken to the police station in questions. Willing to talk. All of them were willing to talk now. So this was a murder investigation now because John did not survive. And here is a breakdown of the interviews. So first person, Gary Webb. He tells like three different stories that all blame the other gentleman with him, Jacob Gibson. So basically, Jacob Gibson is the boyfriend of Jamie, John's ex-wife. So Jacob and his friend Gary Webb are both 26 and good friends. Gary is supposedly like hanging out with them just because Jacob is, is his friend. And this is actually his first time to meet 33-year-old Jamie, John's ex-wife. Gary supposedly doesn't really even know her. He only knows Jacob. So interviewing number one is Gary Webb and he has a bunch of variations of what happened. First, he says that this was a drug deal gone wrong and that Gary was just at the wrong place at the wrong time because he had just met Jamie that evening through Jacob. And he says they were only supposed to be at John's to buy heroin and it didn't go as planned. So Jacob got mad and Jacob killed John. Now, police press and press and press that this is a lie. They know John is not a drug dealer. They knew John did not have anything to do with heroin. This is not true. That's how Gary's interview ends. Okay, so then Jacob's interview. So Jacob Gibson blames Gary Webb. Jacob is Jamie's boyfriend, remember? Only when Jacob tells the police what he says happens, Jacob's story makes a lot more sense and goes with Nicole's story of events. Now, Nicole is adamant that Gary Webb is who shot John because she saw him with the gun when she opened the door. So then they bring in Jamie. Jamie is John's ex-wife and she begins sobbing when they tell her that her ex-husband John died. But the police noticed that she was moving her body, wailing up like she was crying and even making noises, but she was not producing any tears. Okay. Jamie said that the only plan she knew of, she just came in left field with this shit. Okay. So one of them saying that it's a drug deal. The other one's like, I don't know. Gary was mad and shot him and she's saying they were going to rob him. So she said that it was obvious that they all needed money for drugs. So she suggested that they rob her ex-husband. She actually told him he was self-employed and would for sure have cash on hand that they could get if they wanted to. They just had to rob him. So she says that she thought Jacob and Gary weren't taking in a weapon. I guess she wanted them to rob them with their words. And she said that she thought this simply because she said, I told the two men I said no violence. And so she thought they were like, okay, she said no violence. We're not going to take a gun. So she said she didn't know that they had a weapon and that they were just going to go in and steal the money. And so she drove them there, showed them where John's house was, directed them inside. (laughs) I mean, police thought this was more personal than a robbery gone wrong. So they asked the history of John and Jamie. 
They'd only separated seven months before the shooting. And they still dated off and on, even after he filed for divorce in 2012, all the way up until he met Nicole, did they date on and off. Jamie became a drug user and she began harassing John. He had to block her several times on social media. And like one time at 3 a.m., she drove through and did burnouts in his front yard, leaving tread marks in his lawn in the middle of the night. All right. So they were also in family court fighting for custody of their two kids. And it was definitely going in John's favor. It looked like April 8th was going to be for sure when John was granted full custody. And the custody hearing was to take place eight days after the murder of John. Jacob, Jamie, and Gary all took plea deals. And um, I could not believe that all three of them got plea deals. I mean, aren't they supposed to plea against each other? (laughs) That seems kind of unjust that all of them got a plea deal. So Jacob Gibson, who was only like 26, he got 15 years for his part in the murder. He was the boyfriend and 10 was for aggravated burglary and another 10 for aggravated robbery. So all in all, he has 10, 20, 35 years. And then Jamie Graycheck, she was sentenced 21 years to life, 33 at the time. And she was also ordered to pay restitution to the family. So I'm assuming they mean to their children. And the total was $1,968.21. Gary Webb, he was also 26. He was sentenced 18 years to life. Man, isn't that so awful? John was the only hope that her kids had. And she took that away from them. So this one... I just wanted to share it with you guys because I thought, what are the odds that Nicole, they found that car so fast and she happened to know the getaway driver? Like had maybe it taken a day or two to find them and Nicole not seen his ex-wife, there's no telling how long it would have taken to bust that case open. Okay, guys, thanks for tuning into this short crime. I'll catch you next time. Bye.